Let's talk about the right and wrong way to terminate a group. I have seen terminations through Beneplan. I've seen terminations um, from other advisors. So I just really wanted to quickly address that there are many ways to terminate a group. And I find that your outcome is actually better if you treat the incumbent that is being terminated with a little bit of respect. So let me first paint a picture of the typical termination and what I think is done incorrectly. And then we'll talk about the right way to do it. So a typical termination is, you know, an advisor emailing the insurance carrier, the current insurance carrier, with less than 30 days notice per the contract, saying, hi, we are terminating effective this date. Period. End of story. <laughs> the right way to terminate a contract with a carrier uh, through a group plan is really to take it slowly, take it easy. Uh, there's no rush. And it, I find if you terminate with a little bit of honey and respect, you will be able to sometimes get some help if you need it. Because I find there are many times when you'll terminate a carrier and you will go back actually needing something from that carrier. And so you don't want to be in a position to beg. You also don't want the carrier to terminate their contract with you because of the way you behaved upon the exit. So let's say you have, you're sitting in front of your client. The client has asked you to shop the market. You've come back with better rates. They say, okay, go ahead. Let's move the business. The first thing that I would do is to go to the incumbent carrier and show them the results of the marketing. I don't think many people do this. I also feel as if some people are against doing this. However, I think that carriers always appreciate a second look. So let's say you've negotiated with the carrier. Um, they've come back two times, maybe even three times, and you've said, you know what? I still would love to save the business. My goal is to keep the business with you. Here's the results from the market. I just wanted you to see this. If my hands are tied because the rates are ridiculously low, my hands are tied. But I wanted you guys or ladies to have the last, you know, the last look. That will be appreciated. And then also you're kind of building a case and sowing the seeds for termination. So it's not coming out of left field. And you know what? Sometimes magical things happen. Sometimes carriers are able to pull a rabbit out of a hat, which is great because then it saves you and your client all the time and hassle from switching. So that's step one, you know, giving them a heads up, give them a heads up as soon as you get the renewal, even if it's 45, 60 days out saying, you know what, the, the client's really eager to find savings this year. They're looking for every penny. I just want to give you a heads up that they're going to be looking to shop the market or, you know, letting your carrier know, Hey, we have a practice of shopping the market for every group, for every renewal to block the market. It's just what we do. That's okay too. That's fine. It's just business. So let's say you've come to a point where you absolutely have to terminate the group. The incumbent carrier cannot come back. You know, then I, I really believe it's important to craft a letter that is more than just, hey, we're terminating. I think we need to add four pieces in there. Number one, it is actually nice to add a little bit of thank you. So I see some terminations that's letters that say, thank you for your service. We've really appreciated working with so-and-so and even like naming somebody in the team. I know it sounds ludicrous and unheard of, but these tiny little shows of respect can earn you brownie points again, because I'm, I'm thinking let's prevent a disaster in the future where you're going to need to come back and ask for their help or forgiveness. So one, thank you. Thanks for your help. 
Two, give a reason as to why you're terminating. We're terminating for economical reason. We're terminating because we found a rate that is 30% less and business happens to be tough. It's okay. Or it's also okay to be honest. You know, we're terminating because you declined this long-term disability claim. And while we appreciate that you have your contracts in place, that was the straw that broke the back. So just letting you know, feedback is important. Um, Three, asking about any outstanding open significant claims as it pertains to group life or group disability insurance. It could also pertain to group short-term disability or group critical illness for that matter. And I guess throw an AD&D while we're at it. So it's really important to ask, first of all, ask the client, are there any employees who are not actively at work? What does that mean? Employees who are technically your employee and your responsibility, but are either not coming to work on a regular basis, not on the benefit plan, or maybe they are on the benefit plan, but they're just kind of floating around in limbo. So I don't mean um, maternity or parental. I don't mean vacation. Um, I don't mean approved regular, like, you know, sick absences that are shorter than 10 days. I'm talking about a leave of absence that falls outside of these normal job protected uh, leaves. So, you know, is there a leave of absence? Is there an employee who is sick for an extended period of time that was never going to make a claim? Maybe there's no disability on the plan, um, but they're disabled. So they're just not coming to work. But maybe they're still paying premiums for life insurance. So this is an important time where you have to ask about life waiver. First, ask the client, um, did anyone apply for life waiver or disability or any of the benefits that are applicable on the plan? If the client doesn't know, it's fine to ask the carrier. Hi, carrier. (laughs) Um, Are are there any individuals on life waiver? Are there any individuals um, where their claim is open and we're not sure where it's going to stand in termination? I mean, that that part is really, really going to help prevent any future lawsuits because I can guarantee you that, you know, if the group is over a certain number of lives, let's say 20, 30 lives, There's usually um, more to the story. There's usually people that, you know, need to be accounted for. Um, I mean, statistically, when you get to 100 lives, like I'm telling you, there's going to be one or two people at minimum that are just not physically coming into work every day that, you know, it's a mystery. Are they a contractor? Are they a caregiver? Who are these people? Because I'll tell you, like, if these people were grandfathered and floating around and maybe covered, maybe not covered under the old carrier, the new carrier is going to definitely want to know who these people are. Are they on the billing? (laughs) Do they exist? When were they hired? So, you know, find any people that are in the gray areas and try to tie up the gaps. And it's okay to ask the current carrier um, for a little bit of help. And then finally, you want to transition data. So if you're moving a group in the middle of the calendar year, um, one fatal flaw is to forget to transfer items such as deductibles already paid by employees. Or maybe there are um, maximums in the plan, like a dental maximum of $1,000. And so, you know, since those benefits reset every January 1, typically, I mean, I'm not saying all plans, but the majority of plans I see have a calendar year reset. Unless you do something, um, there's going to be a brand new bucket of $1,000 when you transfer that group July 1 to the new carrier. And if employees are savvy, and they usually are, they're very clever, um, they might find out that, hey, you can actually double dip or you can claim, if you claimed $1,000 in the first half of the year, you can claim a second thousand dollars in the second half of the year. And that is really just going to damage the um, experience. 
So I think it is interesting that carriers are starting to charge for these reports. Um, So if you ask the incumbent carrier to transfer the data over to the new carrier, they might say, well, it's going to cost you, you know, $200 per report. Um, So I think, A, you might want to take that into consideration when you're transferring the group. I mean, what month of the year are you transferring? If it's in February, okay, maybe it's not the the worst in the world if you don't transfer the data. But, you know, if it's in July, if it's October, I mean, you you do run the risk of having um, a significant hit to the plan just because claims are now going to be increased during that time. You do want to ask the new carrier if they have any transfer allowances, which basically means some money to help pay for these reports um, to bring the group over. And, and I mean, really, it's all about education. So you want to educate your client and explain to them what are these reports? Why are they important? Um, again, think of it as the concept of payroll. So this is total compensation. You don't want to transfer money to ADP twice for the same time period. So again, you don't want people to double dip on their benefits if their employer has really given them like a universal allotment for that year. So finally, you know, asking the old carrier to transfer that data over to the new carrier, they can definitely circumvent you. So they can email the new carrier directly. um, So they're going to be having um, probably like more specific information that is considered private. They usually can do um, a secure transfer through a secure portal. Um, And, you know, I think that really is forms the basis of a proper termination. Every group is different and unique. So I think it's really important for you to go through all of the details with a fine tooth comb. Make sure you're reading the fine print of every single contract. You know, it's just a really good practice to get into you know, that way you can prevent some of the worst case scenarios from happening, which are some of the following. I'll share a couple stories and then we'll sign off. So story one is we had a a group come on board with us and upon termination, the advisor forgot to ask about employees who are not actively at work. So there were actually three employees who were on the benefit plan um, paying premiums, but who had actually technically retired from the company. Two of these people were disabled. The group comes on board with us at Beneplan. Uh, we're happy to accept them. We're happy to have the opportunity. And then a couple of years into that, the two people who were retired ended up passing away. So one person passed away and then another person, um, sorry, two people passed away. And then the third person actually had some sort of sickness or disability. So really it was Murphy's law. Like anything that can go wrong will go wrong. The key is that the dates of disability um, occurred during the prior carrier's time with the customer. So when the group had applied for both life insurance and long-term disability with our carrier that we were working with, the carrier obviously declined because they said, well, the last day it worked was actually before they were effective with us. And I see that you've been paying us premiums, but... They also haven't been working, and so in the contract, since they're not actively at work, they're not eligible to collect these benefits. And then further, you know, for the gentleman who had the disability, the disability and the date of diagnosis started with the prior carrier. So the current carrier declined. The advisor had to go back to the old carrier and say, you know, current carrier declined, you guys need to pay the claim now. 
So, so, you know, this is an example where you're going to need to lean on the <laughs> generosity or kindness of an old carrier. Um, Cause you know, what happened there is the old carrier said, absolutely not. No. I mean, it's like been two, three years, three years by the, at that point, we're not going to make an exception. Sorry. You had uh, a clause in your contract telling you that you had a certain period of time to let us know of these issues. You didn't let us know. Sorry. So now the client's on the hook, the client's going to get sued. The client's going to go ahead and counter sue the advisor, uh, causing the advisor to not only lose the business, but also, you know, have their E&O get hit and, you know, just a whole set of problems. So, you know, what did that advisor do? They begged the old carrier. They begged and begged and begged and said, please, 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 can you please take it on? You know what that old carrier said? They said, yeah, we will, but you better move that group back to us and you better, you know, show us some volume. So, you know, money does talk. If you do have a block with a carrier and you are trying to get stuff done and it's over and above the contract, I have seen magic happen. I've seen rabbits getting pulled out of hats. Um, however, it's all predicated on, well, how much business are you bringing? So, you know, that's why I really underscore that when you are terminating a contract with a carrier, please try to treat them nicely on the way out because you never know when you're going to need their help again. So that's the podcast. Please let us know what you think. Please email us at um, admin at beneplan.ca or visit our website just at beneplan.ca. Thank you.